So welcome everyone. Today is March the 29th, 2023. And this is our All Lives Matter call with uh, Alex and David. Um, I'm going to be assisting them today. But before we hear from them, I'm going to share this disclaimer. This presentation is for education and informational purposes only. And since we're going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure you understand this information is not intended to heal or cure anything. Everything in the presentation are the opinions of Alex Lloyd, David Peck, myself, Johanna Chan, or you, if you choose to share. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concerns you may have. All right, guys, take it away. All righty. Thank you, Johanna. I'm Alex Lloyd, the uh, good-looking doctor in the middle is David Peck, who's a little bit of a music snob, but we'll forgive him for that. A lot of it, a lot of it, a lot of it. <laughs> All right. And before we get to today's message, I just wanted to read um, a couple of statistics. I was uh, digging into studies in the last week, which I, is one of my favorite things to do. And um, it was absolutely astonishing to me. Um, and this is from uh, uh, this is from two studies. One is called Stress in America 2020. Um, um, a, a national mental health crisis. And then the other one is from just recently in 2023, after COVID. So one is right before COVID, one's after COVID. And here's, here's what they found. 77% um, of all people today are in stress to the degree that it is neg negatively affecting their health. Okay, 77%. In the 1950s, that same percent was 10. 10% in the 1950s, 77% today. In fact, one of the things they found is that a, um, a teenager today would be um, forced into an inpatient insane asylum today if they were identified as having that level of stress. A teenager in the 50s would have been- Can we ask why? Can we ask why? Yeah, here's, here it is. 77% is it's to the degree that it affects your physical health. 33% yeah. of all people today have extreme stress to the degree that they cannot even function. 33%, one in every three people. And otherwise, why today and not what 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 did they were doing ten a hundred years ago so much better than what we're doing in the, now? In the 1950s, the stress wasn't just near it just wasn't nearly as high. They didn't have video games, they didn't have Facebook and all the screen stuff. Um, I I would submit to you it has to do with the, what we're talking about mental slavery control yes, methods. Yes, it does. It does. Yes, it does. Uh, let, let me read a couple more, then we'll get to the thing for today. Um, forty-eight percent of all people today have great trouble sleeping, uh, to the degree that it's affecting their health from stress. Um, and let me see. Um, oh, there's been the the seventy-seven percent was the 2020 study that 77% of all people 
are in stress to the degree that it affects your health. That was right before COVID in 2020. Today, they redid that and it has increased by 49.6% since COVID. And at the time before COVID, it was at 77% of all people. So, uh, and, and the World Health Organization has termed this an epidemic. So, and I would say actually the number is closer to 90 or 100%, and that the COVID just uncovered what was already there. Right. And so we're continuing our mental slavery issues that David came up with. I believe today is number three. And we're talking about humiliation, which includes labeling, ridiculing, shaming, mocking. So, Dave, take it away. And then and I'll, I'll add a okay. post it note. Thanks, Alex. I'll add belittling, belittling to that list. Okay. okay. That was something that came right. up today. So th this is really about trying to free us from those invisible chains that developed in, in whatever ways possible occurred and keep us from our authentic, our authentic self, which is freedom, mental freedom. So yeah, the, the, the list that we have, there's six different groups and we've done the first two, um, mind control and sabotage. And now we're on to number three, humiliation. And then there's still judgment, banishment and intimidation and in your face to go. So humiliation. So my own story, I've told many times about humiliation and the, the major one goes back to with being with my father and, you know, when I was in, I don't remember, elementary school probably, or just pre-adolescent, went to the swimming pool and was playing tag with the, you know, best looking girl in elementary school, you know, at that time. And uh, came back to my dad all excited and everything. And he basically just humiliated me. You know, he was like, oh, this little boy. And he brought, you know, I think all the family members, hey, look at David, he's in love and all this, and, you know, shame. And, you know, that set a course for my life, obviously, as you can imagine, um, that, you know, fear of humiliation, especially related to a personal relationship with someone that I, you know, had a fondness for, right? So, um, you know, thankfully that's uh, being resolved now, thanks to, you know, healing code methods, you know, and other things. Um, so, um, but what I wanted to also really focus on is the concept of shaming, because, you know, we always like to bring in very current um, lingo topics that, um, um, you know, that, that, that resonate with today's society. You know, ridicule and, you know, mocking, that's been around for a long time. But the concept of shaming is really modern. So, and it would be nice to have input from young people also from, because they're, they're really more hip to, to what the terminology means. But in any event, shaming, and I, I, had, I looked it up because I wanted to be a little more precise about it. You know, I'm a scientist by training, so I get very detail-oriented and review literature sort of ad nauseum. They used to call us... Uh, what do we call a, a mole? Not a mole. I don't forget what you call, you know, the person who just like a lab rat, you know, who just like shuffles through the library. You know, I spent time in the library. I read libraries like I spent my whole life in libraries looking through, you know, papers and having stacks of papers reviewing. I mean, it's just comfortable for me. You know, it's my home, actually, in a way. Anyway, publicly criticizing and drawing attention to someone subjecting them to shame, disgrace, humiliation, or dis disrepute. 
to cause them to feel shame for being or doing something. And so, you know, I sort of take this, like the, the, uh, the thought that comes to mind is sort of the burning the witch at the stake, right? You know, like public humiliation, okay? So now the thing about this is, is because it, I, I recognize that it, it, it occurs in, in current social, you know, situations. And, and part of the thing is, you know, the basis for the shame. Now, is the basis for the shame true? If it's true, maybe that's a good thing, actually. You know, like this person, you know, murdered somebody or whatever it is. They should be or, you know, did something bad, you know, or is it a lie? Right. So if it's a, and because, it's, you know, because a lie can be used to publicly shame and publicly draw attention to something, it can be very damaging to a person, you know, to their reputation, et cetera. So, you know, and then there's things like, you know, uh, body shaming and slut shaming, you know, those are big ones, right? Actually, you know, that, that we're beginning, we're, we're now recognizing because we're, we're calling them out. You know, these are ways of trying to control people. So, so my question is this, because once the lie is, is told, right? It's kind of like a snowball effect. You know, people jump on board, you know, like, okay, they fuel the fire, so to speak, right? And so, you know, the, the question is, um, who's accountable? You know, so, so when there's no investigation or you have no idea whether it's true or not, okay, people are just jumping on board, okay, okay. Well, if then the truth is found out, you know, through investigation, et cetera, you know, it becomes over the test of time, you know, um, the truth eventually comes out. And then it's recognized that it's true, okay, that it's actually was a lie. Say, for instance, it was a lie. You know, because this was these are the most damaging types of, you know, group shaming that that occur. So now we know, OK, it's a lie. Right. So who's accountable then? Well, at that point, once the, if the lie is known, people have an opportunity to sort of come clean. Like, OK, I, I knew it was, a, you know, I didn't realize it was a lie. Now that I that it's clear that it's a lie, you know, I, I, I'll, you know, I'll back off, you know, OK, that's fine. Uh, of course, the person who started the lie which might only be, you know, a few people, actually, they're always going to be accountable. But the other people that jumped in, right, they had that opportunity to come clean. Now, if they continue to fuel the fire with the knowledge and the understanding of the truth that, you know, it was a lie, well, then, yeah, they have to be held accountable also. If they if they're, in other words, if they're, it's, it's based on the intention, I believe, and we can, you know, uh, disagree and argue with me. Um, but if their intention was that, oh, you know, you know, that guy was doing, you know, this and that, and, you know, he's a horrible person. And I know people like that. And, you know, yeah, we should, you know, blah, 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 you know, get on him and whatever. Um, fine. But once they know, then the intention has changed then because once you have that knowledge, you have, you have had the opportunity to come clean. And if you didn't, well, then you are accountable still. So, you know, that, that, that's something that I, I want to just reinforce the concept of intention because it's not the act itself. It's why you did it. You know, yeah. what was behind that, that really matters. And sometimes, you know, it's not always going to be easy to know. The only person that could really know is probably God and the person who is committing 
the crime, so to speak. So, you know, I just wanted to, you know, and then the other point I wanted to make is, um, you know, um, uh, is, is, is when the shame is occurring, like, so I'm going back to my dad now, you know, when he shamed me, I, I say to myself, today, I say to myself, why did he do it? You know, what was his motivation behind that? Like, he didn't want to see his son have like a terrible love life, you know, his whole life or whatever. I don't know. Maybe he did. You know, I'm not sure if he did. But, um, you know, what was driving him at that time? You know, and, and that's where, you know, you know, was it either? And these are the two thoughts that I came up with. And I'd be interested to hear what Alex would you have to think about this is, was it because he wanted to control me? Like, in other words, he was afraid I was a good looking guy and everything. He was afraid I was going to go off and womanize and all this stuff my whole life. And I wouldn't go to medical school and I wouldn't be the you know professor that he really wanted me to become or whatever, the scientists and everything. Or was it to make himself feel better, you know, because, you know, he could he had, you know, he might have been getting pressures from himself you know he was a guy who immigrated from korea and here he's in a america and all these white black guys all there and you know here he's like this little korean guy and you know probably felt inadequate you know himself you know and so or was it a combination of the two you know so um you know so you know that that to me i'd like to know what alex's you know your expert opinion is on, on that and where that comes from but you know that's what i have to say for today yeah yeah you know dave your your thing about um um why was your dad saying it you know you really didn't think he wanted you to have girl problems and woman problems your whole life so why was he saying that it reminds me of one time i had a I had a cut on the back of my right hand and it got infected and I was a little boy. So I, I, and it was summertime. So I was playing outside and it kept getting dirty. And instead of healing, it kept getting worse. And after a couple of months, that was a pretty good sized wound. It looked ugly. And I remember, I'll never forget. I, I didn't take it very seriously. So I wasn't keeping it clean day. And, and so one Testing. day my mom told me, okay, Alex, this thing is getting worse. If you don't keep it clean, um, it's going to get infected and they're going to have to cut your hand off. Well, okay. I started keeping it clean then. You better believe it. Now, I don't know if that if there was a word of truth in that, but it got me to do what she wanted. Now, I'm not necessarily advocating that, but it, it I'm just saying it reminded me of that. Yeah. But as far well, as- Well, that's the, a health and safety. That's a health and safety issue. Yeah. That's, yeah. So that's different. I see. Okay. 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 Like if, so, she had, if she had lied to you about something that wasn't related to your health, well, you know, just because she wanted you to be a certain way and it was a manipulation or coercion, that would be different. Well, but I this was like, true. you know, you actually could have lost your hand. Yeah. You, know, you, you could get developed a chronic wound. Yeah. But I think for sure she exaggerated on purpose in order to to get me to do it faster. Right, but but that's to heal your wound that could actually have had a physical, it could have, it, you know, because we've seen wounds develop, especially in diabetics. Oh, yeah, you, know, you get a little pin thing and you could lose, you have gas gangrene and lose your arm. Right. I don't, you know, I, that's why I'm saying, I just want to be clear because it, in my mind at least, it does depend on what we're talking about. Right. Okay, well, let me switch gears. 
Um, I've experienced all of this in my life. Um, humiliation, which then went, really the, the whole picture of the humiliation for me, I've got to add one too, and it's on the front end, not the back end, and it's judging. You have to judge before you can do any of this. So the first thing was they judged me. And then on the basis of the judgment, I was labeled, ridiculed, shamed, mocked which kind of all together was humiliating. And it happened Judge, all the time. And judgment is next week too, to group number four. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, um, to me, to me, um, this is about a couple of things. And, and, and an interesting thing, I was, I was humiliated for pooping in my pants in kindergarten, which I've talked about before for being short and fat, which lasted until I was about 12 or 13, and for being dumb and failing everything with dyslexia and ADHD, which was basically all through high school. Um, but what was really fascinating is that when I quit pooping in my pants, I don't remember another time after that, that incident in kindergarten, so I quit pooping in my pants, and then when I got to 12 or 13, I started working out like crazy um, to where I wasn't fat anymore. In fact, I was in probably better shape than anyone in the, in the school. I was running six to 10 miles a day, doing uh, 500 sit-ups a day, 300 push-ups a day, uh, watching how I ate. I mean, I didn't have an ounce of fat on me uh, once I got to about 14 or so. And an interesting thing, is that the people that were ridiculing me, a lot of them then became my friends. And, and a number of them are friends of mine today. And so to me, there's, there's a couple of interesting aspects to this is, is number one, in, before doing any of this, they had to judge me, which again is next week. So we'll talk more about that then. But what it led to was um, after they did it, it shifted and they quit doing it. And a lot of them even became friends of mine. But based on what had already happened, so in some cases years ago, I continued to humiliate and shame myself internally with my own internal thoughts, feelings, emotions, and, um, and, and judgment toward myself. I, 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 I labeled myself. I ridiculed myself. I shamed myself. Invisible mental chains. What? Invisible mental chains. Yeah. Invisible chains. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And, and, And as David has said, talking about mental slavery, I promise you, I was in mental slavery for over a decade of my life, and it dominated everything. But one of the things I wanted to bring up is sometimes you have this happen a time or two, which almost all of us do about something. But then after that, we kind of take it over and we continue it on ourselves long after it's stopped with the other people. Well, how, how intelligent is that? It's not intelligent at all. It's stupid. It's dumb. It's, 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 it makes no logical sense. It's ridiculous, okay? Because a lot of times, 
It wasn't even true in the first place. Now, one, one, one last thing, I, one question I wanted to ask, as, as David asked a question, that I think is really interesting to this. Why did they humiliate Mimi in the first place? And I absolutely agree with David. I believe it has to do with their own self-worth, okay? And then later, why did some of those same people not only quit humiliating me, but become my friend? Well, again, I think it had to do with their own self-worth because when they became my friend, I was now popular. I was now dating homecoming queens and cheerleaders. I was, yeah, see, on I was number one I, on the athletic team in the whole school. Okay. I see a problem with that in a way though, okay. because, because you got, you actually became thin and that's right. when they started liking you. So my question to you yeah. is, were they liking you for the same reason that they were hating you? I At the beginning, they were hating you because you were fat. And then later they were liking you because you were thin. I so, believe they were, I believe they were hating me or mocking me or humiliating me mocking. because of their own self-worth. It was a, it's a group dynamic. It's, it's, you know, they would yell across the schoolyard, hey, Chunky. And yeah. they were, they were talking to me. And yeah. so I would stop. And because they yelled so loud, everyone else stopped. And then everyone would look at me. And they would all start laughing, except See, me. Okay, but I would say this: you were so you were work. fat, you you were chunky, and they were they were shaming you or they were humiliating you. If you were chunky, and ten years later, still fat, still chunky, and then they started liking you and being your friend, then I would say, yeah, you know, they've changed. But the fact that you actually got thin. Yeah. And then, and started dating homecoming, homecoming queens, and then they started liking you, tells me that they're actually still the same as they were when you were fat. You're right, but that's not my point. My point, my point is that, is that both of them were for their own sense of well-being and worth. When they made fun of me, others in the class joined with them laugh patted them on the back like oh great one that's a great one you got you really got him with that one and then they became my friend for the same reason because now i'm popular so it'll make them a little more popular so both times yeah, but, their but own only, internal feelings and worth but i have to say how do you know that actually because you actually had a physical image change so in other words your image is what they were focusing on at the beginning when you were when you were chunky you're yeah. chunky so we make yeah, fun but they, but they didn't have to do that in mocking they could have they could have come to me privately and said hey alex i i, I you seem to be a little sensitive about you know you're a few pounds overweight um I just but that's just say, uh, that's just uh, basic cruelty. That that's just basic cruelty, though, because they were you know they were cruel back then. But the reason that they were the reason that they were nice to you later may have been because your image changed. Oh, now I this know. is an, I want to just know. repeat the point. But it was Let's, still I about the point. but it was still about their worth. When when they mocked me, it made them feel like a bigger person to mock me because other people applauded, laughed, and patted them on the back. When I was thin and they became my friend, 
Um, because you were thin and popular. Yeah, but it benefited them there too. So they were doing right. it their benefit both times. In other words, in other words, when you were thin and popular, they couldn't mock you anymore because you're thin and popular. Well, they could but have, but it would have humiliated themselves. Exactly. So that's why I'm saying is we don't know whether they're actually their intention changed. In, in my mind, it's it probably it was still it didn't, it didn't change. It that's was what I'm saying. Their work, they're, the, they're still right. They're still looking very shallowly. Right. They, they were very shallow early on. And later on, they were still shallow. That's like, right. in other words, I just try to clarify myself here. If you were fat, still fat and you know, chunky and everything, but older and not dating homecoming queens and not being popular. And then they were being kind to you and they were being friends with you. Then I would say, look, they really have had a change because nothing really changed. Alex is still as unpopular as he was when he was young. But now I'm, I see him, I'm more compassionate. You know, well, I, I, I don't well, feel as cool. There, there are probably a few of those, too. Uh, and, yeah. and honestly, I did have a couple of people apologize to me saying, hey, I don't remember for sure. I think I made, may have made fun of you when you were a kid. And I'm I'm really sorry for that. That was stupid. That's what but, I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking did, But a number of others did not do that. They, they just that, acted like nothing had ever happened. That's what I'm talking about. Coming clean. Yeah. Coming well, clean. Yeah, you, but, have but, to come but you can't control that. You can't right, control right. that. Of course, what, of course, of course. What my point is, the majority of the time, I believe we do this to ourselves, either before someone else ever does it or after someone else does it and they've stopped or whatever. We keep doing it to ourselves and or other people. And we need to realize what we're doing and stop. <laughs> And stop and and come clean as you say, but also start speaking the truth in love, not not all this junk that uh, traumatizes people for the next thirty years. Yeah, we better do a code, or we're not going to have time to. <laughs> <laughs> you want to start? You want me to start? I got one. I got one. I got one. All right. Okay. We pray. Oh my God. We pray to God, the source, and we request this for people who don't believe in god that all negative destructive evil cruel cellular memories destructive habits addictions false limiting beliefs problems with people others our family members our friends the public that is related to humiliation and the mental chains that enslave us related to humiliation and those memories that they be found opened and healed through God, who's the source of truth, love, and light. Amen. Amen. Okay, first position, left hand temple, right hand bridge for humiliation and shaming. Group shaming, individual, personal or shaming. shaming. Yeah, self-shaming, self-hate and shaming. Yeah.
Okay, second position, left hand, Adam's apple, right hand, jaw. And ladies and gentlemen, one thing to realize is when I was short, fat, dumb, pooping in my pants, I was the same person in my heart and mind and, and as I was later when people liked me better because of my looks and stuff. I was the same person. Um, so be careful how you evaluate yourself and others. You may be wrong. And yet, and yet still in the same mental chains. Right, right. That's where right. actually the chains had developed at that time. That's right. And those are the chains that we're breaking. Yeah. We're breaking those chains because we want people to be free without obligation to themselves and their whatever help holds them back. Okay, third position, left hand bridge, right hand temple. Left hand bridge, right hand temple. We're gonna smash all the chains so that people can find truth in themselves, their true self, their authentic self. And mm -hmm. that freedom is what's gonna let them ascend. That's right. Okay, fourth position, left hand, jaw, right hand, Adam's apple. Okay, let's do another cycle. Left hand bridge, I mean, left hand temple, right hand bridge, position number one. Left hand temple, right hand bridge for humiliation and shaming. Second position, left hand, Adam's apple, right hand, jaw.
third position, left hand bridge, right hand temple. Left hand bridge, right hand temple. Okay, fourth position, left hand jaw, right hand, Adam's apple. Left hand jaw, right hand, Adam's apple. Position four. Okay, that's two cycles complete. All right, let's go to acupuncture points, uh, side of the hand, under the eyes, collarbones, little finger, eyebrows, middle finger, Under the arms, under the nose, index finger, middle of the chest, collarbones, little finger again, Temples, thumb, sore spot, under the arms, chin, and then the 9G procedure. Eyes open, close, open, eyes down to the left, down to the right. Circle your eyes, circle back the other way. Mm -hmm. <laughs> One, two, three, three four, four, five. five. <laughs> Let's activate governing and conception vessel three times. Three times. If it hurts, you're pushing too hard. This is also called yin and yang. Calms the central nervous system. All right, now let's do uh, custom healing centers and let's start with throat. Please open and harmonize. If it hurts, you're massaging too hard. You got thyroid, trachea, carotid arteries, and the brainstem. Yeah. Forehead, please open and harmonize. Also known as the glabella, pineal, pituitary, thalamus, hypothalamus, and the limbic system. Base or root on the pubic bone. Penis, testes, um, uh, prostate, ovaries, uterus, clitoris, vagina, anus, and pelvic sling. Top of the head, crown. Uh, cerebral cortices, cerebellum, and the central nervous system extending down the spinal cord. Heart. 
thymus, heart, lungs, trachea, and esophagus. Under the belly button. Lower abdomen, uh, bladder, small and large intestine, and pelvic autonomic nervous system. And middle of the nervous system. I'm sorry, middle of the stomach. <laughs> middle of the stomach, upper epigastrium, uh, super umbilical region, pancreas, gallbladder, liver, spleen, kidneys, and stomach. Okay, Dave, now say all of those real quick without uh, taking a breath five times. All right, now uh, left hand, forehead, right hand, brain stem. <clears throat> I'm sorry if that was distracting. I told you I, I wanted to go through, mentioned it last time, so. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And this is basis, basically conscious, unconscious, and subconscious and ancestral mind. We're gonna go about a minute because we're running long on time. But if you do this at home, I'd go about two minutes probably. And then hands over the heart, slow, deep breaths, one after the other. I like to do this spins too. This, this out of any change in the zero to 10. And open your eyes when you're ready. And Johanna, if we have any questions or comments, I've got a few minutes here. Okay, we do have a question from Kiwanta. She's, and they're saying, good afternoon. When can I ask questions about my specific situation? Now. <laughs> or so for, for the type, custom codes too. Yeah, you can type it in, type in your question, or if you want uh, to talk to Alex and David live, press star nine on your phone and that's going to raise your hand. So Kiwanta, if you would like to do that. And in just a minute, you'll be able to get a custom code for that if you like. Yes. Okay. He says, my sons are three and five. They are both autistic. They are advanced academically, math, reading, picking up languages, but they both have speech delays and extreme emotional traumas. Do you have any codes? And can I do the codes while they sleep? Uh, you absolutely can do them while they sleep. And we have had at least, at least 30 people conservatively um, that have said their, their children have come out of autism doing the codes or it has gotten so much better that they no longer qualify for special ed. In fact, I'll never forget uh, a client contacted me and she was so excited she had just gotten a message that her son's academics had improved so much and the special ed teacher had seen so much change in her child that they no longer qualified for even being autistic. And we celebrated together, but then about six hours later, they contacted me again and were very upset because they were told by the school after the great news that their child could no longer stay in special ed because they didn't qualify for it. Well, the child was very upset because that's where all their friends were, okay? So um, um, there's some supplements that can help with that too. 
um, uh, just being patient and loving to those kids does a world of good, but I would absolutely do the codes every day. I've seen wonderful improvement from that. And can I also add that, you know, I'm not saying in the specific situation, but at least in my own situation, as you heal yourself, you know, you and your spouse, you know, that has an effect on everything around you, especially, I would think, especially at that young age also, you know, that, 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 you know, because a lot of times, you know, I'm not talking about autism, but I'm talking about now myself actually, but could also apply to this situation is that, you know, the, the children, I mean, we are our greatest influences on our children, you know, and, and if we have things that are going on, you know, they can definitely be transferred. And I know this from personal experience, I get definitely be transferred to your kids. So the more you actually also work on yourself, you can also benefit your, benefit your kids. And my, my main motivation, actually, Alex, for getting into the healing code and trying to heal my own you know, I had this Pex character where I was a bully and all that kind of stuff was so that I wouldn't pass it on to my kids. So I'm not saying necessarily in your, but as just as a general thing, you know, it's always going to be a good thing to, to heal the, for the parents to heal themselves. Right. Absolutely. Right. All right. So David is at, I mean, some, Becky is asking, what was David's comment at the end of the code? I think he was talking about what he normally does. At the end of the code? I'm not sure which thing they're talking about. Oh, oh yeah. No, you know, the last position, I don't, I, I usually don't put my hands over my heart. I just do this as a resting position. It's just, you know, it's just a good kind oh, yeah. of just, that's my, that's, I mean, it's, it's yeah, just that's, yeah, personal that's preference. Right. You know? uh, the, the resting position is optional anyway. By the way, um, some supplements that have been found to be good for autism, vitamin D, um, B6, magnesium, melatonin, omega-3, um, NAC, uh, sulforaphane, methyl B12. Those are some that have found to be really good for autism. Wonderful. Okay. And um, Ann says, how many times a day do I do a code? Can I do more than one code a day? If so, do allow time between. Thanks, Dr. Dick, Dr. Alex and Dr. D. Um, I yeah. would do it as often as you can. I would say um, if you're really focused on a, a significant health issue that you're trying to change in a family member, do it as much as you can. If you can do three a day, do three a day. And, and I would just add to that. Yes, do it as much as you can, but don't let it become an obsession. Because, you know, if, it, if you get too, you know, too much, it's like working out at the gym, you know, you can, you know, go to the gym and everything, and it could be a good thing and you can get in good shape. But if you overdo it, and if you're, if you're motivated, and you're like pressuring, and you're stressing to do more, that's a bad thing. So balance. Right. Yeah. Okay. Anonymous says, what category covers posterior vaginal prolapse? Rectocele? Uh, that'd probably be reproductive. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I don't know if they're talking about the, the you know, the, 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 uh, the, the chakra, the healing centers, but that's not necessarily related to the organ. I don't believe yeah. I'm just, right. I just state those are the, those are the organ systems that are in that location. 
you know, but, right. but in terms of healing codes, then I defer to Alex, obviously. Yeah, I think it'd be reproductive. Which, which is would be, which would be trust category. Trust category. Right. So Quanta is saying thank you. And Quanta, if you want to stay on the line um, when we're done, I could get you a custom code to address. Um, and I'm gonna have to bug out. Love you guys. Love you, Dave. Love Joe. Love you, Alex. So okay, you bye, to... Alex. All right. So we're going to um I think okay. <clears throat> Excuse me. We're going to stop the recording and I'm going to open the line for anyone.